and welcome to the 927th free UTA podcast, home to combat-ready citizen airmen fueling the fight. This podcast helps our airmen make the most of our drill weekend and is presented in three parts. We start with some announcements, then we learn more as we talk to our wing commander, and we close with a speaker or two covering topics related to our priorities of readiness, resilience, or reform. We do this so our airmen can be in the know and always ready. So let's kick it off with some announcements. Since our last drill weekend, the base has moved to HPCon Bravo. More on that later, but the Cliffs Notes version is that moving to Bravo allows MacDill to open more base services, which leads nicely into our next announcement. The dining facility is now open for dine-in service at 25% capacity. No changes were made to the normal operating times or grab-and-go services. On-base lodging rates jumped this month from $70 to $109 a night. For those using lodging whose orders still say $70, you'll need to select actual reimbursement when you file your voucher. Also, on lodging, expect more strict accountability for no-shows and late checkouts starting next month. Speaking of accountability, cyber awareness training requirements will be enforced on 15 October. If you are not current then, you will lose access to the Air Force Network. Fitness tests will resume in January. More to come on that topic soon. There are two surveys open to the wing right now, a pre-UEI survey and a chapel needs survey. Please take a few minutes to do them. Your input is valued and could influence positive change. They're on SurveyMonkey, so they can be accessed from any um, computer. It doesn't have to be your government computer. The wing's results of the Air Force Safety Mishap Reduction Survey have been released to commanders. If interested in those results, learn more within your squadrons. And finally, on a happy holiday note, the Angel Tree will be going up during the November UTA. Be on the lookout for an email this UTA with instructions to nominate airmen. For more info, talk to first sergeants or airmen in family readiness. And now, a quick rundown of our UTA schedule. On Saturday, newcomer starts at 7.30. The Sea Burning class starts at 8. CDC and PME testing will be happening at 1300. And the Catholic Mass will be happening at 1730. We kick off Sunday of the UTA at 7.15 with the Protestant Contemporary services. At 8 o'clock is the First Sergeant Developmental Team Panel, which we heard about from the Commander and the Chief. And from 8 to noon on Sunday, walk-in hours are available at AMDS. But you'll need to use the rear entrance of the hospital by the ambulance bay um, if you need those services for um, immunizations or um, small things. You can't get PHAs then, but pretty much anything else that you need for medical, um, you can walk in then and, and try to get it resolved. Flu shots will not be available to us until December, but if you're interested you can get them on your own at CVS, Publix, Walgreens, like out in the public. We just won't have them here on base um, to distribute to our reserve airmen until um, December or January. At 9.30 is art th- the arts and sorts meeting. At 12.30 is PTL training. At 1300 is CDC and PME testing. And at 1300 also is the Rising Six meeting. For more information on the calendar or any of these announcements, you can find everything on our SharePoint drive or in your emails. This is just another way for you to get the same information that you may have seen in other places. And now we'll take a minute to talk to our wing commander, Colonel Doug Stauffer. Thank you, sir, for joining us. He's the wing commander of the 927th Air Refueling Wing. Great, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk to you about, first of all, we're all back. Last last month was our first time with us all being back together. Was happy to see all of our co-workers and our airmen, our wingmen uh, that we got to see together and doing it again this UTA. So what do we have going on this UTA? Well, before we talk about this UTA, we'd be remiss if we did not say congratulations to the Bolts for winning the Stanley Cup. Whoop, whoop. Very exciting. Uh, of course, the celebration is going on tonight at uh, Ray J. So uh, a boat, uh, boat parade and there's going to be a KC-135 flyover. So uh, by the time you listen to this, that'll all have occurred. 
So also, before we continue on with uh, this UTA, I would like to just highlight what a group of uh, wing leaders did right after the September UTA. We met together for a strategy session run by Meredith Seely, our CCO, and we spent some time talking about our strategic plan and where we need to go as a wing. So a couple things I'd just like to highlight on that for you. Number one, you're all aware that we're coming up to a UEI coming up in January. So there's a pre-UEI survey. You should all have it in your email. Please take that. That is your opportunity to share uh, with the uh, inspectors the things that they have some questions uh, and that that you're able to share your heart uh, with them and they will use them then as they come and do their inspection here so please say take some time to do that. Uh, secondly, um, you've been through UIs, UEIs before and you've seen, oh, we're going to tape to the back of every bathroom stall and make cards all of our wing mission and vision. Well, I'll have you know our wing mission and vision did not change on this strategy session. Uh, so, uh, for example, uh, what is our wing mission? It's vision. Uh, vision, excuse me, is always ready. You got the word ready. Hint, hint. Uh, so what is our mission? Combat ready citizen airmen fueling the fight. Ah, also has the word ready in there. So all I, if you get asked by an inspector. I don't expect you to pull out a card. We're not going to make you one. If you get somewhere close that it has to do with being ready, I think we've uh, we've uh, won that war. So uh, nothing changed there. Same things that we've had for a year and a half now as our wing uh, mission and vision. Then we came away with some priorities in this strategy session, and there'll be a number of things that we do, uh, but one that I think will benefit the wing most is attempting to create more white space in the UTAs. So we all know the amount of stuff that we have to do. Many of it, many of those things are acquired by a level much higher than us, but we can still organize and control the things that we have within our uh, our span of control. So uh, yet to be coming, but we want a time where the entire wing is doing skills training, on-the-job training, and it's not going to be interrupted with, you know, fitness tests, commander's calls, uh, you know, financial workshops, anything else that, that people would have to go away. This is for every airman to do the things uh, that that unit needs them to do. The second one is communication. Communication is hard in in every organization. When we have a, a part-time force, that can be more difficult. The part-time force, you that are listening to this, you're not checking your emails uh, necessarily in between UTAs. And then when you come back, you got 100 emails in there and you're just going to delete it anyways. I know it. I, I got it. Uh, so how are we going, you know, sending something out military email doesn't mean we've communicated. So uh, we're going to try to expand some options. Hopefully, each of you will be in your stand-ups this weekend and your uh, either commander or whoever's running that stand-up uh, will be reading some talking points that are going to be wing-wide talking points that every unit uh, will discuss, the things that we uh, want each of you to know or think about. So uh, those are there are many other things, and we could talk. We spent... Um, a day and a half as leadership going over things. Plenty of things that came up, plenty of important things. Matter of fact, we had so many that we actually had to narrow them down to get to what is actually things that we can accomplish in this year. But nonetheless, you'll see some of those changes coming and uh, hopefully making the wing better for all of you. And that's that's outstanding, sir. I saw, you know, the room socially distanced full um, in there with all of our leadership taking a couple of days, full days to sit down and talk about what really matters to our wing and our priorities. And I know as an airman in this unit, it makes me, it warms my heart to know that we're deliberately thinking about where we're putting our effort and how we can manage our resources and help our airmen develop in the best way possible. So, um, so great stuff happening with the strategic planning conference and um, some increased communication coming out of it. 
that hopefully you'll start seeing a little bit of that this weekend and it can just get better. And then I think there were some awards or some promotions that were happening. Right. So we've uh, great stuff, great news. I just said you're going to all delete your emails, but uh, <laughs> in there uh, you'll notice I sent a couple wing wide emails and one of them is for the quarterly award winners. Uh, so congratulations to all of you that have won that. We will either walk around through this UTA and present them in small groups or we will save them to uh, the next wing commander's call, which will hopefully be in December uh, and present them then still figuring out that. But congratulations to the award winners, to those supervisors who helped write the package, and then obviously to the person who actually did the work. Uh, great job. We also announced just today the captain selects. So there are a handful in the wing. Uh, please take a look at that list and congratulate our newest captains. Last UTA, a new chief in ASTS, Chief Master Sergeant Brad Clark. And this UTA, or in this month of October, we're having one on the maintenance side, and that'll be new Chief Master Sergeant Daryl Mellers. So uh, congratulations to both of those individuals. Very well deserved. That's so great. That's so wonderful that we're rewarding those folks that are doing good work and uh, keeping them going. 927th is crushing it. Okay, so um, now for the October UTA. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about some changes that you may see when you come in for this UTA. Uh, the base, McDill, has gone to HBCon Bravo. So what does that mean to you? On the surface, I don't think you're going to see a lot of difference. We are still going to meet at nearly 100% as we did last UTA and this UTA. Uh, what you will see is some services on base uh, are going to open up with more uh, hours. So uh, that is a primarily an active duty function for running those services, but uh, they uh, are bringing more people in to do that. Obviously, Obviously, we as a 927th have our 100% uh, participation on the UTAs, but then we have a civilian uh, and art and some uh, AGR workforce during the, you know, actually during the week. Uh, and you will start to see more of those people uh, come back in. But that doesn't mean we're going to completely get rid of the telework environment. There's some good things we learned uh, during here. And so I envision that, you know, staff meetings and strategy planning meetings and things like that will still continue to have a Teams uh, or some sort of virtual component to it so that uh, those of you who are TRs but would really uh, like to dial in, you know, over a lunch break to, you know, this meeting or that meeting, uh, just to hear what's going on, uh, you'll still have that option too. Coming over the wing building, you know, we've had uh, uh, two individuals that have been scanning temperatures uh, for the last few months. Uh, that is going to go to a more automated process with a, a uh, wall-mounted thermometer and some things. And a lot of units are already doing it that way. Uh, but we will still have all the social distancing procedures in place. Face masks are still mandatory. Uh, when you're within six feet inside a building, uh, you know, washing hands, uh, not shaking hands, you know, high fives, air high fives kind of thing, which, yeah, it feels goofy doing elbow bumps. I got it. I'm with all of you there. But that's kind of where we're at just to keep ourselves safe in the military. Um, you know, we had our last UTA. I'm very proud to say that uh, it's been, what, three weeks since that last UTA. We have had no occurrences of COVID uh, from we're knocking on lots of wood. So, uh, but the fact is, what does that mean? That means you all listen to this, uh, took this seriously. You were not in each other's personal space and you were following the, the CDC guidelines. And uh, we were able to keep our wing ready and we got more ready. Our medical readiness improved. We got a number of OPRs and EPRs through the system. We got a lot of stuff done uh, this last UTA. A lot of skills training uh, happened out there. A lot of deployment prep happened out there and we did that and stayed safe doing it. And that is uh, my continue goal for you as you're listening to this and as we come into the October UTA. 
COVID is is still a, a thing and we are definitely still taking those precautions, but we're all back together. And if there is an exception that's needed because you have health care concerns or health concerns um, for at home or just yourself, that's something you can work with your supervisors. But for the most part, we're all back to work and working with each other and making stuff happen here. General Scobie has shared that, I mean, we need to work in spite of COVID. That doesn't mean we're going to take unnecessary risks. Uh, and there are, there are some things that maybe have to change or look different, but we still have a military mission that we must do. Uh, we have a large group of deployers heading out. Uh, we have a large group of AE deployers out right now. And uh, we still have a combat mission to provide, and we need to figure out uh, as leaders and then all of us working together on the way that that our wing operates so that we can do that, even if this COVID virus is out there, even if we don't have a vaccine uh, yet, and and then even when there is one, uh, getting it mass produced to a level that we can immunize the entire DOD, uh, that's going to take a little time. And so we need to continue operating during that using these safety precautions uh, so that our risk to force is is lower. If our nation calls upon us, we're still ready to go and we're not we're not weighed down a bunch of people contracting COVID or uh, a unit that is no longer mission ready because we simply didn't meet and we just went home uh, and didn't meet at all and didn't get trained. So we can't go to either of those uh, extremes. Yes, sir. And, and we all we oftentimes think about our ability to survive and operate. We have those ATSO guides from before and we think of them in a chemical environment, just a larger version of the Air Force being able to, our like testing our ability to survive and operate in this pandemic. And I think our leadership has done a great job of making sure that we're looking at those things. And then in our airmen, as last UTA, you said, um, doing the things that we need to do to stay stay safe, but still get the mission done because we are always ready. But that's a great segue into about inoculations and immunizations. For COVID, uh, not quite available yet, but our aeromedical squadron has uh, hours for that you can go talk to medical from eight to noon on Sunday. The flu shot is not available. You will see it if you look in your IMR, it's going to show you yellow, but it's actually not counting against us when they do the the, the IMR math, but you will show yellow. Unfortunately, it's not available for us to get. You may get it at uh, you know Publix or CVS or some other location. Bring a copy of that into your UHM, your unit health monitor, and they will get that in the system and that will show you updated. That's a valid way to do it. Uh, however, we're expecting towards the December timeframe uh, before that we have those available for uh, you know the entire uh, wing. That said, those walk-in hours that you just talked, eight to noon on Sunday, if you have just a single IMR item. You need some other immunization, not flu, but something else. Uh, you need a, a single lab, those kind of things. You can do that on a walk-in basis. Get get some free time, walk to the back door of the clinic, walk in, and they will take you and knock out that item. You don't need an appointment. If you need a PHA, unfortunately, you do have to schedule that. We, they need some planning and preparation to get your data ready. But for the onesie, twosie items, you may, uh, for labs and for immunization, please walk in and get her done. And then, and we're not going through the front because they still have COVID stuff set up for the active duty. So in order to get around that, just go to the back of the um, hospital to do it. You already spoke about the pre-UEI survey, but can we touch on it just one more time? Foot stomp for folks that it is, it's out there already and it's survey monkeys. So you can do it from any computer. It doesn't have to be your government computer, but we really, really need max participation for it. All the information that we put in, it goes through the IG channels. So I think he already hit it. So I'm not going to. Yeah, I will say, uh, you know, this is the second time you've seen this, right? Because our UEI got changed. We're 
we're going to have it in Jan- excuse me in June uh, before all of this COVID came up. So some of you may have done it before. Uh, that data, although we've asked the IG to go look for it, there's really no indication that the data that we did on the earlier survey is going to be available, uh, which is frustrating. I know and just for me personally, some of the blocks I filled up until it said you can type no more characters uh, <laughs> that I, I personally did. Uh, but the fact of the matter is maybe they'll find that data, maybe they'll get it back. Even so, if you did it before, I'd ask that you go to this link and take it again. Uh, so that will be wrapped up in our January UEI uh, survey data. Yes, sir. And we're not going to read the link on here because it's hard for you. Most of you hopefully are driving or doing other things and not just sitting, staring at your podcasting equipment. But those are all on, there's a SharePoint that has PSA announcements. And so on our SharePoint, you can just um, navigate to that or it's in your email or you can talk to the IG or you can call public affairs. There's all kinds of ways to get that info. And the same with our chaplains have been doing a bang up job during this COVID um, part time while we were apart and checking in on us and making sure that we're doing good. But they're looking um, for input from our airmen about what we need from them or how they can better support us. So Right, certainly. So right now, our director of psychological health, uh, our full-time civilian position is vacant. Uh, Ms. Tiawan Odom went to Germany uh, for a new assignment. And uh, so we are in a process of advertising and getting that. But until that has happened, we have used uh, a lot of resources from the chaplains and from IGQ to help our wing in that kind of same um, same type of area. So the things that you might be struggling with. So if there's ways that our chaplains can serve you in this unit better, they've been out and about last uh, this last UTA in force. They'll be out this UTA. But if there's ways they can serve you better, uh, that's what that survey is for. Uh, give us your give us your feedback and your ideas. Excellent. Sir, did you know that there's a first sergeant development team panel happening today, happening during the UTA? Why, yes, I did, Lisa. What is that about? If you are interested in uh, getting some a developmental type position, such as a first sergeant, the uh, panel for picking potential future next first sergeants uh, will be happening uh, this weekend. Uh, the list is there of the things that you need to supply with your package. Please go through your first shirts. Uh, and, um, and so I would encourage you... I mean, that is a, an excellent position, and our first sergeants are some of the best that I've seen. And uh, so if that's something that would attract you, uh, get, it gets you out of your career field for approximately f- no more than five years. The intent is to then send you back into your career field after a five-year break or up to a five-year break, and then you go back and do it, and now you've had that additional experience of of being a first sergeant. So please talk with your uh, current first sergeant if you are interested. As a person who has always worked really closely with our first sergeants, that they have one of the most rewarding jobs in the Air Force, but also one of the you know toughest in dealing with positives and negatives, but knowing that what they're doing is helping airmen every time they go to work. That's what they're doing. They're finding ways that are helping airmen be better and be their best. All right, sir. I think, oh wait, fitness test. I, I don't think that we've seen a whole lot yet. I saw an, on my PERS that we have um, fitness tests. There's a new matrix that says how we're going to do it. But our wing is not doing fitness testing in October. We'll start back. We will be starting back in January. You will see more come out from the FSS over time with specific details. The matrix that you mentioned says, okay, if you were in this category, in other words, you were excellent, you were satisfactory, or you were unsatisfactory. And then if you took it in this month, and then it tells you uh, when your next month uh, that you have to take it uh, when you're due. A uh, couple little side notes. One, there is no reconsideration conditioning period listed for this next time around. If you remember when it was going to start in October, they said you had 42 days to recondition. Uh, That is going to be going away. So essentially you're being put on notice, the concept being that we're always fit, right? So it will start in January. So if you're due January, you'll take your test in January. 
However, we are anticipating that the waste measurement will not happen. The waste measurement, everyone should be receiving the max points, which is 20. They're going to carry over your height and weight from your previous fitness, the most current one on record. Everyone will get the max points on that. The sit-ups will not be able to be held by a person. It'll have to be with the bar. Uh, and then obviously sit-ups, push-ups, and run is still planning to occur uh, normally. Okay, and we'll definitely get uh, someone from the FSS um, that does that's the All experts. Right, so I think that's everything I have testing to, to come out and talk to us on this podcast before the January UTA, during the November or December UTA. And if there are any questions with anything in this podcast, not just the fitness testing, but anything at all that you would like to hear back from our leadership on, or if this these comments have sparked conversation or interest in you, feel free to message us on Facebook, email us, find us in our office. We work in the headquarters building now where the chaplains used to be. Um, we'll be sure to get your um, answers routed, not just for you, because if you're thinking it, there's probably other people in the wing that have the same questions or concerns, and we'll help everybody learn more together. To all of you listening out there, and I'm not sure how many people actually listen to the said podcast, hopefully it's yet one more way that we can communicate to you. But the fact is, a lot of airmen in our wing, as the chaplains have been going around and as uh, IGQ has been going around and, and talking, there is a lot of people with a lot of stress in their life. Obviously, we're all aware of COVID because we've seen it, we've lived through it. We're all aware of the racial tensions that have resulted, primarily starting from George Floyd's death. Add to that all the other stresses that come with that, uh, schooling at home to potentially lost jobs. Add that to the fact that we're in a fairly tense political season. Add to that that we are in still a hurricane season, and this has been more a violent hurricane season than, than ones in past. So there is a lot of stuff going on. And of course, then we in this wing are preparing for a major inspection. Our last UEI was in December of 2017. Uh, and the people will be deploying out the door. And then let's just, oh, by the way, add to it the stress of finances coming over a fiscal year. We are waiting to see, but we are assuming that we will start this fiscal year in a CR, a continuing resolution, which then brings with it some challenges in getting money and getting orders. We fully anticipate to pay everyone for the October UTA. We're still planning to have it, obviously. There's just a lot of stress and you listening to this might actually be hurting right now as you're listening. And how are you able to focus on your job if there are so many other stressors uh, in your life that are building up? So uh, Lisa mentioned that the PA office is in where the chaplains used to be. The chaplains have moved over to the chapel. Uh, makes sense, right? There's a couple reasons for that. One, uh, there's there's a better integration with the active duty chaplain. But two, some people have expressed that coming to the wing headquarters building to share things, you know, deep things that are going on in their life doesn't make them the most comfortable. Number one, they're going to be out in your unit. But number two, uh, when they are in their office, you'll be going to the chapel uh, there to talk. So please, that is our avenue. That is, of course, you know, the military one source and the MFLAX and all the other acronyms that we throw out. And yeah, you can call them. But we have people here that you can talk with that are completely confidential, uh, both IGQ and the chaplains uh, and close the door. And that conversation cannot be repeated even to me. Uh, I cannot order a chaplain or an IG to share. What did you hear? That is a, that is a violation of policy. So please use that uh, and and get the help you need. It is simply a matter of going in and talking and it goes to nowhere else. And they're going to give you some tools and strategies to work through potentially some of these things that are really weighing us all down. That's not to be ending on a negative note. It's to say, we want to help you with that. And those are the agencies that can do that. And then the rest of us in leadership are going to try to structure the wing so that the processes aren't as bad. There are some things we can't change, but the things that are within our wing that we can, we are working diligently to try to make them better for you. 
So the time you come here, uh, the number one critique that we get when people leave this wing is I couldn't do my primary job. Uh, you know, I came and I did all these other things at UTAs and I got to say hi to people. Great. But I couldn't do my primary job. And we are trying desperately on ways to work and figure that out so that you do have exactly that more time to do your primary job. And I want your mind focused on that primary job and not some of the other stresses that you have. So please use that. Your first sergeant's another great resource uh, out there to talk with. And then, you know, the other ones that we've mentioned there, certainly uh, you're you're always welcome to talk with your uh, either senior enlisted advisor in your squadron or group uh, or your commander in your squadron or group, including me. Uh, I am certainly available uh, and I will be out in some of the units this weekend as well also to talk with you. So other than that, I'm looking forward to seeing you. It was to me very exciting to have a entire UTA, you know, with people back here like normal, uh, rather than trying to do a, a virtual type environment. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Uh, and I hope I get to see you this weekend in your office or in your work center. Excellent. Thank you, sir. And thank you all for listening. Happy to be back doing these podcasts as you roll into the UTAs. And thank you very much, sir. All right. Have a great day, Lisa. And now we'll move into a conversation with our featured speaker. Command Chief, Chief Tomlinson, thank you so much for coming here, Chief. It's a pleasure to be here, finally. And it's your first time on the podcast. It is. Thanks for making time. I know you're a busy man and excited to um, have this opportunity for Airmen to hear directly from you. I know you've been on orders for about six months working with us and a lot of time with the six. Do you have anything you want to share from that? I'll tell you what. So as we have uh, navigated the waters of all of this COVID and and the things that uh, have followed in 2020, it really has brought us closer with the six than ever before. I mean, it doesn't hurt that we have some extra people on orders, really joining efforts in how we get through what we've gotten through and then try to find a new normal together. We can't do it without them and they can't do it without us. So it's really brought the communication to a heightened place that we didn't have before COVID. And I'm really excited to see what we'll do coming out of the COVID. That's great. And you're, um, and you hit the nail on the head. We're associate partners, right? Like we're not just tenants. We are workers with them and they need us. We need them. So it's great that you've been able to take some time to really invest some effort in, in that relationship and helping it grow just as all of us in our work centers should be doing the same thing. Thing with our counterparts on the 6th. So great work. Um, let's talk about the October UTA coming up. We've already heard from the boss and heard some announcements, but I think something that's near and dear to your heart is the first sergeant board. Would you like to talk about what's happening this weekend? And then we'll get into some other stuff after. Absolutely. So really exciting. We have probably not done it the way we're getting ready to do it. Maybe ever here at the 927th. Typically in the past as a uh, first sergeant position becomes vacant, we simply uh, advertise and we get candidates and we vet them through the command chief. The command chief might have some help from the first sergeants, and then we put them in front of a commander and they get selected and we fill the spot. We're doing something a little bit different here to start a, a new way of developing folks and working with our first sergeants. And they've been tapping people on the shoulder, hopefully developing their own replacements at some point. So the panel this month is going to be for future first sergeants. And the, and the hope is that we will have multiple folks that get through this panel phase and they're ready to just go before a commander when a position opens up. All the legwork up front is already done. And so all they have to do is interview. The commander goes, I like this person. And next thing you know, we're sending them off to school. So it, it accelerates the time frame from 
commander selection to actually being in the seat, which is really good. But it also starts to open up something which I'm hoping is really going to take off for us. And that is just airman development as a whole, because we haven't done this. So it's it's very inclusive and getting the first sergeants very involved in what is the future of the first sergeant council look like versus leaving it all up to me in this position. It's not my program. I am assigned as a functional, but really it's a wing program. So how do we get the most bang for our buck out of multiple people being involved, but at the same time, starting to reach even you know lower than the techs getting ready to pin on master or the sitting masters how do we talk to that senior airman or that staff sergeant that says you know at some point i want to be a first sergeant what do i do and it's a great job to have you know like the first sergeants make such a difference in the organizations um can you tell us first a little bit about what the first sergeants do for those maybe newer airmen that are still learning about the structure of the air force or someone who may have come from the army or something else and just try to tell them about what we do what our first sergeant's responsibilities are absolutely it's funny you mentioned the Army because like the Army and the Marines who also have first sergeants, it's a very similar job to the what their first sergeants do. You are always connected to the level of readiness. So when the commanders, for the lack of a better way of saying it, their scorecard, you know, they're always being graded on how ready they are. The first sergeant is charged by their AFI to be right alongside. They are to be in tune with every readiness report that the commander sees. Well, some of those things that could stand in the way for readiness are the things that are not checklist items. So awards and recognition, fair discipline across the board, equal treatment, equal opportunity for our airmen. That's where the the first sergeant really makes their mark, making sure that they have their finger on the pulse. And when we think about what we just came through, or we're not we're not even through it. We're we're talking really clearly about uh, the racial issues that we have in our air force. Are those things things that keep people from being recognized in their own squadrons? And is the the first sergeant aware if it is? And so that's the person you hope to to be able to be the advocate for the airmen um, when they deal with so many difficult things outside of this uniform that keep them from being ready in the uniform. So whether they're going through relationship issues, health issues, financial issues, any of those things that can just draw their mind towards those troubles that might be going on at home, that keeps them from being fully ready in their job. That's the first sergeant's lane to know the resources so that if a supervisor who might know that airman the best comes to the first sergeant and says, um, I need your help. We need to get Airman Snuffy some help, and here's what's going on. They can all meet together, or they can send that airman to the first sergeant, and the first sergeant's going to now take that baton and and walk them through the appropriate resources to help that airman get that barrier out of their way so that they can feel more clear about what they're doing and why they're serving and not distracted by the struggles that are going on typically outside the uniform. Coming through COVID, that is huge right now. I know that the first sergeants, the chaplain corps, the IGQ, I think it is, um, are critical to making sure our airmen are ready because of those barriers to being able to be successful at work. If you're worried about if you're going to lose your home, you're not going to be as focused on your drill weekend as you are because you don't have a job and you're worried about that stuff. And so first sergeants can help find those resources to get people the things that they need and excited we're going to do this board and that we're going to concentrate on developing airmen and those airmen, not just for first sergeants, but for just leadership in general throughout the wings. Excellent opportunities happening. Part of that um, enlisted development is also, can we, can we just briefly mention the KPL and what like what the KPL is. And we just pushed that up. We just had some airmen that got put on it, right? So that's good. Absolutely. So the one that we just uh, gave kudos to many of our airmen were the chiefs and the senior master sergeants. And that is what's called the command E8, E9 KPL. KPL is a key personnel list, which if you make the KPL from the MATCHCOM point of view, they will 
keep an eye on you closer than just the the wing, keeping an eye on your development. And they'll actually seek out opportunities that you may not know of, and they'll send you directly job opportunities because you're on the KPL. I made it years ago, and because I was on that list, that's how I became the first sergeant functional. I was getting emails that were only going out to those on the KPL list. Now, that's just the command E89 list. Every functional community has their own KPL, and those are equally as important. And uh, I will tell you that one of my drives with all of our airmen, depending on their ranks and, and what the command will allow, is to get them, one, to make sure that they're working on their enlisted development plans. I can help an airman, and, and our senior leaders, our chiefs, our first sergeants can help those who have a plan. Those who don't have a plan, it's really hard. They may want rank, they may want opportunity, but unless we put it down in writing, what is it clearly that you want so that we know how to come alongside you? So the the development plan is really important. The second part of that, which we just had our first opportunity recently um, by sending one of our own here at the 927th to sit at a board member on the last step two board. We have not had a a member of the 927th sit on a step two or an E8, E9 command panel in quite a while. So to have that firsthand experience, what are they looking at at the command level? Because I'm not just competing against my peers at the 927th. I'm competing against everybody at my rank across the command. And so the the goal with the, the development teams that decide who's going to be on the KPL is to get our folks to sit as those board members as well. And once they have that experience and what they can bring back to the wing has a huge impact, not only on getting more people to sit down and write their plans, but on how well we we do as a wing in our overall performance. And that's what I look forward to in, in the near future. It's so valuable. So amazing that we were able to have somebody out there. We just pushed an email today and I want to put a little clarity on that because we pushed it, but there's some fine print in there. And that is that they've opened up the opportunity to be the Air Force Reserve Liaison to the Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force Office. Ooh. What a great experience. I, I met with the two airmen that uh, filled that previously over the last five years. And they said there is nothing, there is not a position out there that moves as fast and is so vibrant as working in that office. And now with uh, Chief Joanne Bass, I couldn't imagine how amazing it would be to work on her team. So it is for senior master sergeants only. It's in the announcement. It, it did call for a TSSCI. Clarification has come that that is not a prerequisite and they will not require a TS uh, for that position. So if we have any senior master sergeants that are in interested in that, I would love to hear from them directly so that I can come alongside them and and give them the best opportunity to maybe fill that up. Well, I know part of the reason we have to let you go is because you're going to go greet some deployers that are returning. So welcome home to those folks, because by the time this is published, they'll already be back. We're very proud of the work that they've done and happy to have them back home and safe. Absolutely. We have plenty of coming and going in the coming months. So as as the boss and I do our best to see them off or to see them home, I, I hope that in the squadrons, we're all doing the same thing and just taking care of each other. As, as we come and go into some questionable times. So is there anything else that I um, you'd like to add that I didn't ask or anything else for today? Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap. If you have any questions you would like us to answer on the next podcast, email us, Facebook message us, or stop by the PA office in the headquarters building. We will ask the experts and get the answers to you right here on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening in as we do our part to keep the 927th Citizen Airmen informed so you can be always ready. 